Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. There are many people in the world who are sure they know the truth, people who think they're going to heaven because they're a good person. But today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that none of us are good. We were born in sin and we live in sin. But we don't have to go on that way because we have the option of living for Christ instead. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 9th, 2022. I'm actually going to just get right to the point and say that we're now at the point where our only hope is in Jesus Christ. Namely, our blessed hope, as we affectionately refer to it, of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, which, if you think about it, is not actually just blessed or even hope, and I'll explain why I say that. Certainly it is blessed and it is our hope, but it's not hope in the sense that I sure hope. No. And it's not just our blessed hope, it's our only hope. And it's not just this hope, it's this truth. It's the only hope, the only truth that we have, and that truth is Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, not a way, the truth, not a truth, and the life, not a life. And there's no way to the Father except through me. He's our only hope. Now, this is actually from Titus chapter 2. We did a verse-by-verse study through the book of Titus somewhat recently. I want to, if you don't mind, read verses 11 through 15. Now, the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing to Titus, who's a pastor and teacher of God's Word. And God inspires him to write this letter, this epistle to Titus, to encourage him and to also instruct him. And he says, verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and 
to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait, wait for it, (laughs) while we wait for the blessed hope. What's the blessed hope? Huh? The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. And then He says this, verse 15, These then are the things you should teach. Oh, wait, what are the things that I should then teach? Oh, the blessed hope, the appearing, the appearing of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. I should be teaching those things. And then he says, encourage, yeah, I can do that. We all want to be encouraged. And rebuke. Okay, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't want to do that. And I sure don't want to be on the receiving end of a rebuke. But it's packaged right here along with the word encourage. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. And then he says this, do not let anyone despise you. Really? Why would Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, write to Titus about not letting anyone despise him? Was it that there were those that despised him? Yeah. Why? Because he was teaching these things that he ought to teach. He was encouraging and rebuking with all the God-given authority. And the result of it was that there were those that despised him because of it. I find that interesting. And truly, (laughs) whenever it comes to the sound doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture of the church of Jesus Christ, it is always met with this. That alone should be very telling. That alone. I will never cower. I will never falter. I will never be intimidated. I will never be silenced when it comes to the teaching and preaching of sound doctrine, specifically as it relates to the return of Jesus Christ in the rapture of the church. I will speak the truth in love, because of love, because it's the truth. It's our only hope, and this is the truth. This is 
also what John talked about in his first epistle, chapter 3. I want to read verses 2 and 3. It comports with what the Apostle Paul wrote to Titus concerning the rapture, this blessed hope, this only hope, this only truth. He says, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And then he says this, all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Translated, the ones who live their lives in anticipation of this hope, this blessed hope, this only hope that we have, because that's the only way we're getting out of this, by the way. We're not getting out of this unless Jesus comes and takes us out of this. That's the only way we're getting out of this. That's our only hope. But it's the ones who have this hope in Him that are the ones that get serious about their relationship with Jesus Christ. They get their affairs in order. They tie up the loose ends, and in so doing, in addition to tying up loose ends, they also loosen whatever grip they had left on this world and the things of this world. I think you would agree that what's happened to the world in the last two years has in some measure had this much needed effect specifically that of first bringing people to the point of hopelessness in this world and the things of this world, so as to point people to Jesus. I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but had it not been for all of this, it is very doubtful that many people would have turned to Jesus. And we will not know of them until the rapture. At that time, I think we're in for a very big surprise. Can't wait. Okay, we have a problem. The problem is, is that the vast majority of people are still putting their hope in science, and in this world system, and dare I say, in a president. Notice I didn't say the president, a president, a government. I'll take it a step further and suggest that many professing Christians and even pastors are numbered amongst those still holding on to hope in this dying world. And there may be 
reasons for this or an explanation for this, but none are more telling than one's love for this world and the things of this world. And this is what John also writes by the Spirit in his first epistle, chapter 2, beginning at verse 15. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Here's the truth. According to a myriad of prophecies in the Bible, this is how the world ends, and this is when the world ends. Sadly, the ones who still hold out hope that somehow things will turn around, things will get better, and even go back to normal, are the same ones who do not believe what I just said, that this is how it ends, and this is when it ends. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to, (laughs) for the remainder of our time, and very simply and very humbly and reasonably and logically, and more importantly, biblically, I want to examine, revisit, what holding out hope for things in this world to get better would actually look like. And I, I'm appealing to reason now. I want to be reasonable. I think about what God through the prophet Isaiah wrote about, come, let us reason together. <laughs> Let's be reasonable. Though your sins be as scarlet, I I have made them white as snow, but we need to reason together. We need to sit down and we need to reason together. You need to be reasonable. James says that the wisdom that comes from above is first pure and peaceable and gentle and easy to be entreated. It's reasonable. I I, want to appeal to you on the basis of reason. What follows in no particular order, is a list that I created. Spent quite a bit of time on it, prayerfully, carefully. It's a list of what would need to happen, not just need to happen, but need to happen immediately, like right now, if there is to be any hope for and in this world. So, Let's go through this, and can we just kind of reason together through this? Was that a yes? (laughs) I wasn't quite sure on that. Some of you were saying, I don't know, why don't you start and I'll get back to you. Okay. Number one, 
any and all injections would have to stop now, worldwide, now. Also, (laughs) masks would no longer, I'm going to say be required, but I'll take it further and say be worn. You would not see any more masks being worn. That's number one. Number two, those who have had an injection would need to stop having adverse events, like right now. That would need to completely stop. Number three, how are we doing so far? Well, it gets worse, so. Any and all of the satanic evil agendas perpetrated on the world's population would need to end immediately. Wait, you mean there's more? Oh, (laughs) there's more satanic evil agendas? You have no idea. They would need to end immediately. Number four, people would have to cease from dying by the tens of thousands. And by the way, when I say tens of thousands, it could be argued that that is conservative by some estimates. People would just need to, right now, stop dying from this injection. Number five, the global economy and supply chain would have to be instantly restored. Because see, right now, uh, there's nothing really in the pipeline, so to speak. And if you were somehow able to instantly restore the supply chain now, you've still got a window of time, downtime maybe better said, before it starts replenishing that which heretofore, by design by the way, has been depleted and disrupted by design. Number six, I have 98 of these, so no, (laughs) there's 10. I probably should have told you that before. There's only 10. We're halfway through, so hang in there. There could be 98, actually. (laughs) Number six, there would have to be an admission of a massive deception on a global scale. Number seven, and this one is a biggie. They're all biggies, but this one hits a little bit closer to home in a heartbreaking way. All businesses, and especially churches, would need to reopen now and never, ever, ever, ever shut their doors again. Ever. I'm sorry. Number eight. The world's laborers would need to go back to their employment immediately. And number nine, the hospitals would have to actually start treating the sick and stop killing them for money. I have to speak the truth. And number ten, the world would need to somehow recover with a modicum 
of normalcy swiftly. That's my list. I mean, it's not exhaustive, obviously. Certainly, much could be added to it. But can I just ask you a question, and this is not rhetorical, I genuinely want to ask you this question. Does what I just read, this list of ten, does that in any way seem reasonable to you? Is this list of ten that I just read, does that seem absurd to you that that is what would need to happen? Maybe I should repose the question this way. Is this that I read, do you, do you see that as being plausible? That all of this could happen right now? Especially given the current trajectory prophetically? Would you agree with me that not only is this highly implausible, actually the opposite is true in the sense that not only will that not happen, but what will happen will continue to get worse seemingly with each passing day? Let's just take one, the supply chain. Make no mistake about it, those shelves in the store, they're going to get emptier and emptier in the days ahead, and even now are. Do you know why? Because they want to dismantle and destroy the global economy to usher in a digital cashless system, exactly like we're told in the book of Revelation. Right on schedule to be fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation. It's right on schedule. So there's a controlled demolition. I use those words deliberately and for good reason, and some of you know why, by the way, and I'm thankful for that. But it's a controlled demolition of the global economies and the global governments to bring in a one-world economy and a one-world government under the control of the Antichrist, who's already alive and well on the scene. So now, if we're being reasonable, we're being reasonable, right? <laughs> You're supposed to say, yes, we're very reasonable. <laughs> I'm working on the levity here. I Obviously, this is very somber, I realize, and sobering, and needs to be. But I want to ask another question, and please hear my heart, and the Lord knows my heart, but other than loved ones getting saved, why would anyone want to keep this world on life support? Especially for, <clears throat> pardon me, the believer in and follower of Jesus Christ. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. 
If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.